Welcome back to Meet You at the Bottom, a conversation podcast where we get to the bottom of top of mind topics with a drink in hand, of course. I'm your host, Abhinav Brahmandam. In today's episode, I sat down with one of my good buddies, Shanu Matthew. We had a fun and engaging tequila and mezcal happy hour as we talked about how Shanu manages his weekly newsletter, The Balance, sign up link in bio, by the way, and his foray into creative writing and the need for all of us, including myself, to read more, write more, and share more. Shanu is one of the most well-read and thoughtful human beings out there, and at the same time, one of the most ridiculous and hilarious people I know as well. So the conversation was really engaging and really educational. And for you listeners, he's going to be back. He'll be back to talk about his passion for music, thoughts on climate change, and thoughts on Kobe and the debate between LeBron and Michael Jordan. And like I mentioned earlier, he has a weekly newsletter called The Balance. I highly encourage all you listeners to sign up. There's a link in the bio. It comes every Friday morning, and it's one of the most educational newsletters that you'll receive on a weekly basis. So without further ado, I hope you can grab a glass of tequila, sit down, cross your legs somewhere, and enjoy the conversation I had with Shinu Matthew. Thanks. And we're here tonight with Shanu Matthew, fellow South Indian, more importantly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he currently works as an investment associate focused on high yield credit investments specifically uh, in, in Chicago, Illinois. So it's a Chicago one right now. And he did spend some time in San Francisco, actually. Yeah, so got, got a little Cali too. All over the place. Uh, how you doing, man? It's been a while, a uh, long time since I've seen your beautiful, equally dark, maybe darker face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm good, man. It's I like yeah, like we said, it's been a long time, man. But uh, it's been good, man. It's good to catch up and you know talk through some things. So I'm excited that you launched this. Uh, for those that are listening, you know, Abhinav's been talking about this for a while, and he's one of the best conversationalists I know. So I was really excited to see you kick this off the ground. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And, and for those listeners, like Shanu is one of maybe like first like two or three people I told about this. Uh, because one, I value your opinion, and two, I think out of a lot of our friends group and network, uh, you're well-read, you know, spend the time and effort into learning a topic rather than just reading the headlines, which most of us are. Uh, like a lot of us follow Axios. People yeah. read the Axios five-minute newsletters, but you'll take the time and read every single link that is in every single newsletter. Uh, so I respect that a lot about you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think uh, I adopted the the whole Charlie Munger uh, I need to know the other person's argument as well as they do it before I can take the opposite side. Um, yeah. And I like, at one side of the bat, I was just like, you know, I have time. I can read a little bit more before I have a strong opinion on anything. Exactly. And and I feel like you're the 1% in America that, that actually does that. Whereas everyone else just, Hey, let me stick down to my opinion. Let me read the things that, that support my opinion and listen to that. And then that's how I'm going to argue and just say you're wrong. If you disagree, I hope it's not that high. I used to be a positive guy like a year and a half ago. Here I am now. <laughs> I think 2020 that's to everyone, man. Yeah. Uh, before we delve in, what are you, what are you drinking? Yeah. So uh, I may, I had to work with what I had here, but um, for those that follow the rock, uh, his tequila Terramana is uh, I started with that as my base. And then all I had to mix it with was mineral water. So it's tequila water. And then I put a little, garnish of lemon it looks good so i ran out of out of my summer shandies if you've been listening for to the yeah. last episodes 
And so I have a bottle of mezcal my brother got from Mexico. Um, and, and he went in March. So like he, he was there when the Mexico ban was announced. No, uh, but he just stayed and, you know, drank for a couple more days and then came back because there was <laughs> time. But he got me this. And then there's a scorpion in the bottom of this. Oh, my God. It is wow. like amazing. Have you had that before? Been like before tonight? Yeah, yeah. I've had oh, okay. it with, with some friends and everything. And it's been awesome. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. You like sip on it and you, you drink it straight, chilled. Um, but it's pretty good. So cheers. Thanks. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having us. Thank, yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. You get, you get the tingles a little bit after drinking this. <laughs> I can imagine. Get, get some hair in your chest. Yeah, exactly. So I thought today we spend the first half on your newsletter, The Balance, and, and we'll delve more into it. And I'm really hoping that after this episode's out, all 150 of my listeners are going to subscribe if they don't already. So your viewer, your subscriber base is going to probably increase 1% because I'm sure it's pretty high already. <laughs> it, you'd be surprised. It's not, it, a lot of people don't actually sub, sub, but it gets forwarded quite a bit. There you go. I like that. Uh, that's awesome. And then we'll spend the second half. You know, I know you're a big, you know, you have a blog, you write and, and read and like we mentioned before. So we'll spend some time on creative writing and, and other interests of yours. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a good topic to me. Where do you want to start? Yeah, let's, let's start with the balance, the balance newsletter. Um, where did it come from? And, you know, I'm sure you had this idea in your head for a while. And, you know, when, when did you make that decision? Hey, this is the time I want to, I want to do this. Yeah, totally. So I think, you know, it probably started a few years back now. So I started it originally in June of 2018. So it's been a little over two years, but before that, the past few years, I mean, like you said, I, I dork out and read quite a bit, um, like to be well read on stuff going on in the world and the subject matters that I care about, namely finance, markets, climate, et cetera. Um, and then for the longest time, I, I would always just spam every time I found something cool to like my friends and family, I would just forward. And then it ended up being like me forwarding like 10 emails to the same five people and then them reading zero of them. Uh, so I originally realized I was like, I, this is not sustainable. I'm getting annoying. Um, and then it just so happened, I started a new gig at the time and my director that I worked under would send out these weekly notes to our entire firm of like just stuff that he read and thought was interesting. And I was like, Hey, that's actually a pretty cool idea. I'd been reading newsletters for quite some time there. And I was like, you know, like what's the worst that's going to happen. So I shot it out originally to like a handful of friends and colleagues. Um, and then from there, you know, everyone was like, wow, like I actually find value in this. Like, do you mind if I send it to a few other folks? And then it kind of just took a life of its own. Um, so yeah. I think as of like right now, sub count somewhere in the 600s, um, you know, like any given week, it's probably opened like 300, 400 times. Um, I'd say like country wise, I think it's reached up to like 30. So that's at point in time. So at some point in time, yeah. someone's opened it from there. Um, so it's, it's been a really cool journey. I uh, definitely have people that I talk to now that I don't actually know in real life that just like kind of read it every week and will reach out on certain topics. I guess your next question probably is like why I, I felt there's a need for it. Um, and namely it was yeah. just, it's just to your point of, I felt that a lot of times people are fed headlines or just kind of a data point with no context and then form a really strong opinion of it or almost like a, you know, ident identity type forming opinion where they're going to defend it like with their lives. And, and that just alarmed me quite a bit where, you know, a lot of times stuff is really misleading and I'm sure you've seen it where something yeah. that you know about really, they call it like gel, uh, gelman's amnesia, I think it's the term. I, I yeah. through that, but it's basically like whenever you see a news 
article on something that you know extremely well and you know how mischaracterized things are. And then like five minutes later, you read a topic, you read about something that's entirely different. And then you cite that news source, like it's like, you know, infallible truth. Um, and I, I just always found that super fascinating. So I was like, you know, I kind of jerk out on this stuff. I go a little bit deeper in the weeds. It might be helpful for folks if I just share that. So I started with that. And like I said, you know, people found it helpful. So uh, that's, that's generally the story of how, how it got going. Uh, and then yeah. I guess over time, people have fixated more on charts than articles. Um, and I think it's probably just due to reading and people just really love data. So um, I think I've, you know, cornered or gotten more fixated around that. Yeah, that, I was going to ask you that question, actually. Like, the one thing I do appreciate is, and, and for the listeners, we're going to put everything in the episode description here. So everyone should go subscribe, subscribe to it. But I love the format. Um, not only is it links and a summary, but then you have charts, pictures, graphs, that data, and then a summary of that as well. And so I was just curious, like, how did you think about it? Or you definitely have cornered a lot of viewers or subscribers uh, into that, you know, data centric newsletter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think it was a little bit of just A-B testing. So, yeah. uh, you know, you got my first couple where it was mostly article focused and a summary of the article and then kind of yep. went from there. Um, and then the more that I sent it out, I think more people were fixated around the, the actual charts and graphs. And then like when I started on MailChimp, which is like an email service, some of the yeah. Substack or whatever. Oh, I remember that. You, yeah. You can, you can see like the clicks uh, and, you know, you oftentimes get a lot more people worried about the clicks or like people would share stuff and it would be often a chart and stuff. So over time, just realize that that's what got the most engagement and people cared about most. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes perfect sense. And I think it's definitely a big, big hit. Um, so let's just get it, get inside your mind here. Shanu. Yeah, yeah, sure. So like, you know, where, what do you do? What is your process? When do you start? Are you just constantly reading and, and then archiving certain articles you want to include? Uh, do you have internal deadlines? Like just let's just start from the process of gathering information. How do you go about that? Yeah, totally. So I am fortunate in that my job requires me to be reading like almost all day um, when I'm not in like models or whatever else. So I do get that benefit of being able to read while I'm at work as well. Sometimes like not all day, but definitely helps. But in terms of information gathering, I think the, the two biggest things that I've probably, or three biggest things I've probably done are uh, one, setting up to other people's email newsletters. So typically like the daily ones, weekly ones, um, yep. you know, it's your general news sources have them. Like there's some that I like more than others. And then just general people that I think are really interesting. Everyone's kind of launched a newsletter in the last few years. So yeah. some of like the smartest minds on like energy or uh, on like markets will like have newsletters that you can just subscribe and get their, you know, get access to their mind for free. So I have a bunch of those that I get daily. Uh, and then Twitter, I think has been a huge source of content curation. Um, just if you follow interesting people, I think that the really like the all, most great thing about that is that people act as an automatic filter. So like if I follow someone and I know that they're really brilliant on a certain topic, if they share an article or a paper, uh, in that yep. space, I know that's been vetted by their quality standards. So I get access to some of the stuff that, you know, I otherwise would not see. So when it to the climate stuff like that, for example, I don't know how, how to pick out which academic papers to read and there's hundreds of them. Um, but if I follow certain people and they share, I'm like, I know that I should read that. Just give me like a 30 second spiel or like a, a pitch on why I need to get Twitter. I love reading. I read news all the time and newsletters, read your shit, read a lot of people's shit. But Twitter just seems like too much in my face. Yeah, I, I think it, you really have to spend time fixating it to like get what extract what you're looking for. But ultimately, I think it's like it's a platform where you can interact with the smartest minds and, and quote unquote famous people in any topic with no barriers. Um, so 
if there's someone that you really admire in a certain space, you can read their thoughts, you know, without straight from the horse's mouth, if you will, you know? So I think a lot of times, and especially today's like media and society and everything, it's always a game of telephone, right? It's like someone said this entire paragraph and that gets boiled down to a sentence and then some news organization spins that sentence to get the most clicks possible. Um, Twitter is somewhere where you can just see the raw unfiltered thoughts because it's the person themselves posting it most of the time. And then also you can interact with them. So, you know, there's people that I would probably never dream of meeting in a professional setting or contacts that I interact with, or they'll retweet me if I tweet them uh, on Twitter. And so it's, you know, I, I, for me, it's a really like, it's one of those asymmetric risk return things where you get one and it's like, you can tweet and if no one reads it, no one reads it. And if you tweet someone, they don't answer so what, but if you do end up meeting someone um, or someone, you find someone that's a really good information gatherer, or you find someone that's really smart on that space that you otherwise wouldn't have, like that's such a high upside. Um, and you also make friends yeah. on it in a weird way. Like, I, I mean, I definitely have people that I DM that we share resources that they're really smart in a certain space or that I'm friends with now that has just been off Twitter. It's like, Hey, I, I really like what you're sharing and stuff. Where'd you find this? And then you build a relationship outside of that. Yeah, that's interesting. I never, I never thought about it that way. I just thought about it as the shit in my face. I don't want to hear and listen. Any, any, um, famous or really interesting people that have retweeted you? Yeah, I mean, it's so I spend a lot of my Twitter time uh, doing climate stuff. Uh, so Chamath, I mean, people, did Chamath retweet you? Uh, Chamath replied to me yesterday, actually. Uh, I like that. So, but yeah, I mean, like Jigar Shah is like really well known in the space. He's former CEO of Sun Edison. He's the president of Generate Capital. He re- retweeted me today. Um, Michael nice. Liebrich, Ramaz Nam, like that's a famous sci fi writer. They're huge in climate stuff. They retweeted me yesterday. Um, you know, you, you get cool interactions. There's, I've made a finance joke about deal book, which I mean, I'm sure you read deal book, like Andrew yeah. Ross Sorkin liked it. Like he thought it was funny. It's just like stuff like that, that, you know, it's, I mean, it's, they're small, right? Like, I don't think they'll remember or know who I am, but it's kind of funny. It's like, when else am I ever going to interact with that person? Yeah, no, that's a good point. And those are all really, really famous and meaningful people who have an impact on, on other people's opinions. So that's yeah, pretty cool. Totally. totally. Um, and then, and then back to the, the newsletter here, are there specific news sources you rely on or you prefer over others kind of how do you you know bifurcate between you know what is actual actually fact versus kind of a spin or an opinion piece yeah that's a that's a really good question i think that's something that's an iterative process so i'm still struggling with that Mm -hmm. i mean i think you you can kind of see it with what i link to most frequently but i mean i am a fan of axios i am a fan of wall street journal um reuters uh, I think Bloomberg's probably my favorite to be quite, to be honest. I think they do a really good job of covering markets, but doing it in a concise format yep. and then also covering other stuff. Um, I think ultimately to your point, whenever I share something, it's not necessarily because certain news source reported it. Uh, I think you alluded to it earlier, like when they share a bunch of stuff and they click on the links, I'll go into those and deep dive onto those um, and then latch on to see like, is this worth sharing? Just because especially in today's world, you know, everyone's quick to call BS or like that's bias or whatever. Uh, yeah. So usually when I share something too broadly like that and it's in public, I want to make sure that it's gone through some layer or filter. I mean, like naturally, right? Like everyone has some implicit biases that you're not going to filter through, but I try to make that effort to say like, Hey, is the data suggesting this? Um, and then can I put my own spin in the commentary? But I try to find that way, but you know, I think like everyone else, I struggle with it as well. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And a lot of times too, as you're reading about it, I find this for myself, I have to read, you know, I read an Axios report. Then as the same topic, I'll try to find it on a Wall Street Journal or Bloomberg. It's worth the money if anyone's ever uh, totally. like on the fence. I mean, there, there's a lot of information there. Uh, BBC, I've, I've liked a lot recently as well. Uh, but I do struggle sometimes, you know, having a second source or a second opinion. 
I do have a lot of respect for folks who have newsletters and, and every time, like, I know you go through a lot. And so I, like how much do you consume before you narrow down into like, these are, this is the three or four topics that I'm going to touch on. I mean, if, if we can like, like an illustrative example, now, God, I can't believe I used a, a financial banking term here. <laughs> illustrative. Jesus. Oh, you're full banker now. God. You've oh. evolved. You've evolved. It's like the animorphs thing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But like, say you read 10 articles. Does that turn into one? Yeah, I think the activity is definitely volatile week to week. But yeah. ultimately what I do is I really just, I have an email draft. So I literally just have it open at all times or like in my Evernote. And then as I read stuff throughout the week, I'll just read a bunch of different stuff. Um, some of it quality, some of it straight trash, whatever. Yeah. And anytime I think that something is more broadly applicable or interesting, I'll drop it in that draft. Um, so over the course of, let's call it, you know, Friday after I send the old issue, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm just kind of throwing links in there, throwing headlines in there, stuff that I think is interesting. And then typically on Thursday night, I just do a quick, it's like call it two-ish hours. Usually it depends on how much work I did beforehand, how much I curated. But like if I dropped in a lot of stuff in the draft, I just whittle it down and then pick the stuff I want to focus on, spend an hour and a half, two hours cleaning it up and ship it. Um, if I didn't do that much this week, like for a certain week, it will take me a little bit longer because I need to curate additional articles and all that stuff. Got it. That's interesting. I was going to ask you that, like, shit, are your Thursday nights just shot? Like, can't get drinks with buddies or go out with your girlfriend? <laughs> like, you're just working on your laptop doing the newsletter? No, surprisingly. So, I, I, I feel like I have an article in which we can link to it in my uh, it, on my blog that talks about how I curate the info. And it's just like the newsletters, the Twitter, yeah. the podcast I listen to. Like, all of it just comes to me, in a sense. So, I'm not spending a ton of time scouring the web being like, oh, this would be a cool piece to read. It's like, it's already in my purview. I read it. If it's good, then I drop it in. If not, it's not. So like, I think just setting up systems that work for you is humongous and it's just like a productivity hack. So honestly, it does not take me more than I'd say like, I mean, ignoring the actual consumption of it because I just consume yeah. it in the normal course is like probably two, two to three hours max a week, uh, you know, throwing that together. Nice. That's not, that's not bad as that's not as bad as I thought it was coming yeah. into this. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. like, and like, like, like people, people find value from it again, like it's not too high of a lift, so I'm fine with it. Like to the point when people stop finding value in it, or if I feel like the quality is just dropping off, you know, I'll probably stop, but yeah, no. And I'll definitely let you know if that, if the, uh, the value proposition drops in my mind, please do, please no, do. I'm always looking okay. for feedback. Um, I want to, I want to shift to like a, your opinion and in the newsletter and trying to make sure it's, it's a newsletter of facts, but I do like how sometimes you, you have your take. And so I'm curious how you try to balance the fact versus the opinion, because a lot of your points are really great and very thoughtful and shows that you've understood the subject and read about it. Just curious how you think about that. Yeah, totally. I, that's something that I always am self-conscious about too, when I send things out, but uh, ultimately, I, I usually try to just leave it as the, the source material and then maybe make a comment or two, but I make it very clear about what's the source material and what's yep. my comment. Um, so I think that's the first important part is like delineating and not merging the two where it's like, if you want to read the full source, so this is why I link everything. It's like, you go check that out. And then if I'm going to sprinkle a few thoughts in, then, you know, so be it, but it'll be below the source material. Um, and then to, to the second part of your question, it's like, when I decide to do that, I, feel, I have to feel pretty strongly about the topic. So I, I think generally uh, a lot of the stuff that I share, I might just find interesting and may not be super well-versed on. Um, but the things that I do feel pretty passionately about or that I feel are commonly misconstrued or aren't covered a lot, I will throw my two cents in there. Um, and that's like just- Co Like Kobe Bryant's legacy. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and speaking of, that's how you're going to wear it right now. I know. I uh, saw you with that jersey. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. did he did he go buy a LeBron one or is it his Kobe no, one still? <laughs> no, man. It's, I had to do it for Kobe. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's certain things that, you know, I feel really strongly about. And I think to your point, and this is something that I've struggled with because, I mean, the name of the mm-hmm. publication is The Balance. Um, and I think over time it's morphed into more like balance in just terms of different interests and stuff versus kind yep. of being completely centered. Uh, but some people have, and a lot of readers have reached out and they say, you know, I read to get your opinion or like hear updates from you sometimes. So people have actually encouraged me to do that more. I'm a little bit nervous in that because I don't want to turn into another opinion place where, you know, the world's not short of any opinions. I think it is short of like facts and yeah. getting thorough material. Uh, so I want to stick towards that, but you know, I, I like to sprinkle it in when I can, or when I think it's appropriate. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. And I think you, you said it well right there at the end. Uh, for the listeners out there though, Shanu is going to be a recurring guest. So his opinion on this podcast uh, will be unfiltered, especially when we have a more uh, topic focused like climate change discussions. Uh, we'll have a Kobe versus LeBron discussion. Funny enough, I, for those that know me, I, I used to be the biggest LeBron hater. And then 2016 happened. And I, I'm actually of the opinion now, uh, and this is sacrilegious to say in Chicago, but I think LeBron James is the best basketball player ever, period. Um, over MJ. And I, I can, I guess oh, that's, actually my, that's actually my next piece. That's actually my next piece. Funny oh. segue. So I'll do a little promo for that now, but I I do think he's really underappreciated. And it stems more from not even the fact that I think MJ is like, or like less superior or anything. Like, I think he's epic in his own right. You can definitely make the argument for him too, but I feel like we've wasted LeBron's entire career playing like, hate this guy. And I think like, it'll just be like realized like two decades later, be like, wow, we had this guy playing and everyone's too busy, like hating on the dude. Yeah. I definitely agree. Agree with that statement at the end right there. I think he's had a remarkable career multiple different teams, multiple championship runs or, or conference finals runs. Um, we, we, should definitely, we should definitely get a couple of folks, a couple of buddies on and discuss this because uh, it could 100%. get heated. Oh, yeah, it definitely will. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a good one. I'm going to write that down as a, as a future topic. Count me See, in. Count me in. That's going to be as heated as a climate change one, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. You should have like a, you should have like a mute control just so you can like mute us if we get, everyone gets too yeah. crazy. As we start yelling and get drunk, progressively drunker, just shut up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it could just be me talking about my high school and junior high basketball days. Yeah, absolutely. Which was pretty good. I'm, I'm you said bench. who? Yeah. Oh, bro. Seventh grade state champion. Oh, Franklin, my God. Franklin Middle School. I love, you got some height, dude. I can see it. Yeah, I was on the bench, but. I still, you know, I played, I played. <laughs> there you go. Six man, Lou Will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of Springfield, Central Illinois viewers in the pod. So they'll oh, love, love it. Love it. Uh, it's wrapping up on the newsletter. And this is, these are some questions I thought of this morning when I was showering as I've like developed this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like there's a lot of, I should just learn some, get some tricks and trades from you. But one, how do you market this bad boy? I've gotten so many people pinging me about, yo, this is what you need to do on Insta. Yo, this is what you do on Twitter. I don't have a fucking Twitter. This is what you need to do. And it's a lot of work uh, marketing this thing. It's like a second job. And here I thought I was just going to be having drinks and talking with my buddies. Yeah, no, I think you had, I mean, when you figure it out, let me know. But uh, <laughs> ultimately, I, the, the number one thing for me has been word of mouth for sure. Um, like you're just asking folks that read it to pass it along. Uh, the, the, like the few biggest bumps I've had is, getting people that have a big following to have tweeted something or read about it. So for example, like David Perel, for people who follow yep. online writers, he's a really prominent online writer. Uh, I got, I met him randomly at an Equinox and then we ended up becoming friends. I took his online writing course, et cetera, but he linked my stuff in his newsletter, which has like 
I think 42,000 followers now. And, and so, so like, you know, a couple of times he does that. It's like, boom, you have a hundred new subscribers overnight. Uh, it's, so it's funny you, you bring him up. Cause I actually started following him from your oh, no newsletter. Way. Oh, yeah. not, not <laughs> that awesome. I'm a, not that I'm a creative writer or, or, or write, but I think testing and pushing your brain and we can delve into this a little bit later on into yeah. some of that. And he, he like puts words down to paper pretty well. And, and so, yeah, so he, if you ever talk to him next, tell him you got me because of you. <laughs> I, I'll go, like, I got you, man. I got you on one or two. <laughs> uh, but I think people still trust and Maybe I'm old school. And I, and I old school definitely in the way I consume news too. And I, I like reading a newspaper, for example. But uh, people's word amount of who you trust, it goes a long way. And it's almost like tied into, you know, activities you do during the coronavirus right now. Like you'd rather go get a beer with someone you trust Versus yep. like, ah, that buddy, like, you don't really know what he's doing. And, you know, you don't want to expose yourself. Totally. Totally agree. Sidebar. Are you, were you just born the wrong generation? Like you still shop at malls. You still, listening, you still read newspapers. <laughs> like what's going on, dude? <laughs> One, I will, till the day I die, it is so much easier to go buy a pair of boots, try <laughs> a couple pairs on, buy it and call it a day. Not get it online. I, then it doesn't work. Return it, I ship do, it, yeah. wait a couple of weeks. Yo, what if I got a, like a nice date? What if I'm taking Pooja to dinner? I want to look good. That's fair. Hey, I can't, can't go to Amazon and wait for 48 hour returns. I'm, I'm busting your ball. I actually yeah. still do. I, I just go like twice a year and then get like a haul and then don't go back for a long time. But I'm with you because I, I, I just freak out if when I have to return it. And I know it's yeah. pretty simple and I just never just investigated further enough. So I just like, I'll just keep stuff that doesn't fit. That's I'm like, this, this the is newspaper thing is very old. <laughs> that very is very old. old school. That's like, right. yeah. And, and that's just, sometimes it's nice to like hold it, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. So I'm like that with, uh, with books. I can't do the iPad thing. Like I always need a physical copy of the book just to flip the, turn the page and all that. Yeah, I agree. And, and like, when I move back to Chicago, I think I'm going to buy myself a bookshelf. Oh, uh, yeah. And start collecting. Like I have, I had one at home and now that I'm living here. Kind of reminding me, like, hey, I should just get this. But like, read a lot of books. Like, I recently read Bob Iger's book. Like, that'll be on the awesome book. Thing. Love yeah, that book. God, I wish that we could have lives like that. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I, everything kind of worked out for him too, which is nice. Yeah, uh, it's like but... Phil Knight's book, Shoe Dog. Have you read that? Yeah, that one. I think. I mean, he definitely willed that to to existence. Like, I feel like Iger yeah. was, like, was. I mean, he did a good job, and he was in front of the right people, and he took advantage of the right opportunities. But like, Phil Knight was just like, you know, if I don't do this, like, I'm going bankrupt tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty, it motivated me to do a lot of things, including, yeah. including this podcast. Uh, oh, not that awesome. this is going to become Nike, but it could. Hey, you never know. You never know with, with the balance included. <laughs> um, I'll ride your coattails. Yeah, no, 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 vice versa. I'm only in like five countries, but, but I think I can get you the, the state of Andhra Pradesh in India. Oh, love it. Let's if go. you give me Kerala. <laughs> <laughs> done, done. I'm in. Um, Oh, last question on the newsletter. How do you define success? People have asked me this, like, what, what do you like, what's your goal out of this? And yeah. I really don't have one. It's like, for me, my personal goal is to do this until 2021. And then if I'm still, and I'm sure it's going to be going well, continue it on. But for me, it's like, Hey, I want to broaden my mind, learn about more people, learn about people in a different way and, and learn about more topics that I don't know that much about. So I was curious what, what is the success for you? Yeah, totally. Uh, I'd answer that in a few parts. Uh, I think first, um, I, I stopped gearing in on like a metrics number like a long time ago, actually, which probably isn't a popular thing to say with newsletters or podcasts or anything else. But yeah. 
um, going back to that point of like, if I, like if people tell me that it's valuable in their lives and actually makes a difference and no matter how, whatever the number is, like I feel you know, a handful, like that's, that's good for me, man. Like I've, I've been in numerous times where I've had a friend say they read so-and-so in the balance and like, they never would have like looked at that topic before. Or like, I've actually like met random people once, like friends of friends that's like, Oh, you're the balance guy or whatever. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. I love reading on a Friday. And it's just like small little interactions like that. It's like, that's, fine for me. Um, and the other thing on metrics, I would point you to, I don't know if you read dollars and data. I'd share him a lot. Nick Magelli. Yeah. he wrote a really solid post where he, I mean, he has thousands and thousands of followers and he was just like, he basically made the point where I was like, it doesn't really matter because even though he has at least thousands of followers and he'll post an article and still get a couple hundred views or whatever. And it's just that like, he said at the end of the day, a followers of followers, like how many people are going to actually act and like, you know, share and be like content champions for you. So I'd say that part. And then two, I think you already hit it on the head is like from a personal perspective, it's actually like awesome for me. Like it helps me retain stuff better, helps me be more intellectually honest in the topics mm-hmm. that I follow. Um, and it helps me just, you know, like be a more generally well-read person. Cause it's like, Oh, I need to ship this this week. Um, or, you know, I'd want this edition to be a little bit better. So forces me to be on my game too. So, you know, I think it's definitely a win-win uh, in that regard. So no, no original goals, as long as it continues to be positive impact on me and other people that I'm cool with it. Yeah, I would completely agree. And and I do, to that last point you said, um, you are one of like the few people, if there's something like super, not controversial, but super thought provoking, I definitely want to ping you and like get your thoughts or like see if you've read it, which you probably have. I appreciate um, if, that. <laughs> yeah, I think they're rare, it's rare out there. And I do love, and here's, maybe this is old school, but I don't think it is. You're one of like five people at Gchat. I feel like people don't do that anymore. <laughs> Why don't people, I love Gchatting. Me too. I, I, I just never understood <laughs> I didn't take off, like, like Slack's the thing that took off and it's like, and I don't yeah. think it's people either. It's like, but Gchat, you have everyone that like you email a lot. So I don't know. Um, how are you doing on your drink before we go to break? Uh, I pour, I poured a second one, so I'm good. Oh, so, I love that. Yeah. Love that. I um, before we head to break though, I want to get it right. So you're born in Chicago, raised in Houston, went to school in Champaign, then went to SF, and then back to Chicago. Spot on. Yeah. Exactly. And where do your parents live now? So my parents live in Houston now. So okay. yeah, junior, junior year of high school, we all moved down there. They've been there since. And then I've, you know, came back to school at U of I with you and then went to California and then back here. Got it. So, oh, so you went in high school halfway through you switched schools. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> Dude, you were probably such a loser. I was such a loser. I literally, I like, I have one friend from Texas that I keep in touch with. But other than that, I would just like head down. I was like, just get to graduation. God, was, was, uh, did you have any other Indian kids in your school? I have, I had tons. I actually lived in uh, Missouri City slash Sugarland, and that's like, like I mean, it was rare then, but it was a minority majority. So like, there were more Asian people there oh. than Caucasians, which is like, bad. I went from there. I went from Barrington before, which is like eighty percent Caucasian. Yeah. So it was, it was like I went right into it, which is kind of crazy. But damn, um, that's when that's when you're like your your math grades and science grades were getting ridiculed by other other people. <laughs> Pretty competitive. I, hundred percent. I remember, I think I had like a, a four, one or a four, two GPA in high school. I feel like, forget what the score I, I was, it was, would have been top 10% at Barrington for sure. I was top 24% at my high school. Damn. It was just like, like the top like 10 were just like, it was nuts. So all of them like went to Harvard. I was just like, all right, I'm not going to compete here. Nah, you settled, <laughs> you settled lazy. for, <laughs> for big 10 in Champaign. Hey, I don't know about you. I think you're U of I's champion. So, I, but I, I feel like Having gone there now, I would not change it for the world. That was the best experience by far. Yeah, I could. You're right. I could talk for hours, decades about Illinois and our education. I mean, I got Lovey Smith right here. 
Is this <laughs> I when I tell you we're going we're going undefeated? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, this is a I like this uh, conversation on on the newsletter and everything. We'll make sure we put the the link of it uh, in the in the episode description. So everyone listening, please go and sign up. It's awesome. Friday morning. It's great. I actually read it on Saturday mornings because um, that's when I have time and it, it kind of get, gets me going for the weekend and it gets my thoughts flowing. Uh, when we come back, though, we're going to talk a little bit about Chanu's creative writing uh, experience, how he got into that, and also a couple other topics of interest. Uh, we've heard climate change already, uh, a couple others as well. And so stick around. Cool. And we're back with uh, Shanu Matthew. We just spent the first half talking about his newsletter, The Balance. And now we're going to shift to uh, a couple other topics, including creative writing. Uh, first off, Shanu, uh, this has been a great conversation thus far. I've really enjoyed it. And, and it's good to see your face. It's been too I long. I know, dude. I miss you. I was just saying, I miss you. Just, we should do this more often, man. Good combo. Yeah. Uh, so creative writing. I mean, I feel like folks from with our backgrounds don't really think about this. And it's almost like viewed negatively if someone wants to go out and, and write a blog or like post or do something creative and, and put their thoughts out. But I think it's almost a necessity for all of us, especially in these, these times where we take our mind away, we putting your thoughts down into paper, it helps you vocalize when you're talking out loud, whether it's an argument with your significant other, whether it's vocalizing an opinion on, on something controversial like court packing, for example, or, or if it's just like your thoughts on the Illinois basketball team. You know, when I saw you going into this, I was really exciting. I just like, like, how did you even do this? Like, I know your background, very similar background to myself, very finance, you know, oriented, analytical. Uh, I wanted to, you know, pick your brain a little bit. And I think it'd be beneficial for the listeners too, who might be thinking about something like this as well, or, or starting a blog. And, and so just to start, I guess, like, how did you, you know, get into this and how did you even think about, you know, putting your foot down and, and taking the leap? Yeah, totally. So I would say it came a little bit as a natural extension from the newsletter where people were like, I want to hear your thoughts, so-and-so. Uh, and then two, what gave me the confidence to do so was uh, this is a plug for David Perel has the, the rite of passage class. And, you know, I mean, you often read these online writers and you see them have these huge followings and sometimes you share their stuff and you're like, you know, really unique insight. I guess the one thing that the class showed me, which isn't necessarily any type of writing skill, but it pretty much was like, you know, there's no amazing black box that all these online writers have. There's just dudes like you and I that are like really will dork out on some topics and be really well read on it. Um, mm -hmm. And then just have your opinion and share it online. So for me, that was a huge step was just realizing that, you know, it's not like there's some superhuman or super smart people. I mean, they are, don't get me wrong, but um, you know, it's like, there's no, there's nothing separating us from doing what they're doing other than just a little bit of effort. So once I got over that, like mental confidence up, it was like, okay, like I should just go do this. But then it was like, what do I write about? But, uh, I think to your point, I mean, you emphasize like, if you can creatively write, I, I would recommend everyone does it honestly. Like, I mean, like, even if it's just for mental clarity, um, diving deep on a certain topic, picking out your niche, like the internet has like offered you an opportunity to, to build a following or, you know, create value or just, you know, build out a little niche. Uh, and when else has that ever existed to do that in, a, in an open forum with no consequences? Um, because, this, and this is one thing that I'll credit David with was like, it, he had a quote during it where it was like, like the, the negative consequence of having a bad online post is that it lives for half a second in everyone's mind and no one reads it. <laughs> 
And then the positive upside is if it goes viral or like you build a following or someone takes you more seriously or a job interview person reads it and they're like, wow, this person's smart. Like they just such an asymmetric bet. Like, why would you not partake in that? Like, because it all requires a little bit of effort, right? It's not like it requires a serious ton of labor or money or time or whatever. I mean, a lot of, it does require a lot of time, but uh, you know, it's, it is an incredibly asymmetric like, risk return. So that was the way that I thought about it, at least internally. No, that makes perfect sense. And I, I like how you put that in terms of a risk return, people are very skeptical of other people's opinions and worried about this cancel culture. Yeah. And worried about saying things and, and putting things writing. And like you said, there's so, so many things happening on a daily basis. News is changing within seconds. Um, it's, it's good to take that risk. And especially if a lot of us are not famous people and don't, people aren't, aren't a household name. So you say something that sometimes, you know, other people don't agree with, they'll forget it within seconds. So I think that's a good reminder for folks, be confident, one, be confident in yourself and two, um, you know, put pen to paper, put pen to a, you know, a blog, whether it's, you know, social media blog or a written blog or a podcast blog, things like that. Totally. And I, then the one other thing I'd stress is, and you mentioned earlier today too, where it was like, I want to go get a beer with someone that I, I'm trustworthy on a topic. Like every single person listening right now is that person for someone else on a certain topic. It is like, yeah, you yeah. are the go-to person for that person to learn about, you know, whether it be finance or consumer behavior or blockchain, you know, like, so for, for at least one person in the world, like you are the subject matter expert. So like that alone in itself is like, just think about writing for them. And then you'd be surprised how many more people would get benefit out of that conversation or those thoughts. And so that's the only thing I would stress is like, there's, it's such a low cost and like worry about cancel culture when you have like thousands of followers, right? Like right yeah. now it's just like you and your buddies, like your high school friends and like your parents, <laughs> right? So it's like, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? I, I want to be the expert on Springfield, Illinois. So if anyone's ever coming <laughs> down here, I'll, I'll give you, I took, I, I did a four hour tour once with one of my cousins. Oh my God. That is a commitment. <laughs> There's a lot to see here. A lot of, a lot of sights and sounds. What are you <laughs> saying in Springfield? Oh my God. Name your Abraham Lincoln walked all over the town. There's just so many places. Oh, and then, yeah. and then, and then the Abhinav Brahmandan like sites, obviously, <laughs> you know, the you, apartment complex where I, where I was born. To, have you been to Boston or like the freedom trail? Yeah. Amazing. I'm, I'm picturing just Springfield and it's just like Abe Lincoln's like trail. It's just like, this is where he was when he was 10 and this is where he was when he was 16. <laughs> essentially, essentially that. Uh, <laughs> I actually love the Freedom Trail in Boston. I'm it is awesome. That. Great time. Yeah, yeah. I'm a history nerd and that was awesome. Yeah. Great, great city. Yeah. I think if there was a different career path and who knows, I'm a lot of time to make this switch. Uh, history and American history. I would, I would go into that. So creative writing challenge for you. You said you recently watched like uh, How I Built This or you yes. know, How I Built in America. Great show. Not enough people have seen that. Writing something about that or like, you know, how, who you think the next person's like going to build, like be a titan like that. That'd be a really cool post. Just, oh, you know, yeah. Like, I'll write that down. I, I was, so I was going to ask you about that. Um, how does one take the leap? You kind of talked about yourself and, and I think you just answered it within that, what that challenge to me. Because personally, and, and I'm, a, I'm probably like reluctant and afraid to say this, I think if you would have asked me like a year ago or a year and a half ago, maybe closer when I graduated college, I was, I was much different. I was type, more type A, really focused on career and salary and, and things like that. Now focused on less so, even though I'm in the same career. But I, I think I would have been like, eh, a blog, creative writing, like don't people have better things to do? And now like in the last two or three years, I, my mind has completely changed people like who I was 
focus in on something, you're, you're losing value. One, you're losing value because you could be reading and writing and trying other stuff. And two, you're not giving value. You're not really providing a societal impact. And this is, this is a more deeper question, but how do you like describe that to people? How do you tell people that, hey, you need to take a step back, think about yourself, think about, you know, who you are, where you are, and, and how to like do something that's out of your comfort zone that you have some sort of interest in and, and vocalize that, whether it's a blog, whether it's writing. Yeah, um, totally. I feel like you, you do a really good job. And I wanted to broach this topic with you because you do a good job of just pushing yourself ever since I've known you in college. I, I appreciate that. Um, I think there's two elements to that question. Like one, I think from a societal standpoint, I think there is one trend that has just been happening probably the last few years, especially, and I expect to continue the next two decades is like brands are increasingly becoming just internal. So like every person is their own brand, if you will. Uh, and I think that that's changed dramatically from like the corporate man in the eighties and nineties where like you were identified by the company that you belong to before that it was like the country that you belong to in the you know, post-World War II, et cetera. And there's always been these things that you were belonging to X tribe. And I think the internet and this kind of connects with your body, you know, everything's becoming more democratized. The internet's made, yeah. you know, borders seamless. And so the only thing that real thing you have is like your own personal brand. So I think from a, just like an intelligible standpoint, like, on Twitter, someone tweeted once, it was like, you know, everyone is going to be their own brand. The only difference is like, you know, a few people have caught onto it a few years ago and everyone else is just catching on. Uh, and I totally think that's true. Like more and more often now, if you look on like a job application thing, it'll be like, what's your personal website or what's your personal, like, you know, list of yeah. work. And that is just becoming, you know, the table stakes. So I think from that element itself, just from a work perspective, professional perspective, societal perspective, um, you know, that should be something that you focus on. And then internally, I, I think the drive part is like, totally depends on like your story. I think mean, one thing that you probably can resonate with is like, you know, our parents, I'm not sure if your parents emigrated. were you first generation born here? Yeah, I was born here, but they immigrated. Yeah. 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 Same, yeah. same deal. So for me, I mean like my drive is like, if I, you know, seeing where they grew up and having the, the hardship they came across the obstacles they had to face to like make sure yeah. I like got to go to good schools and stuff. was like, just like honestly mind numbing. So for me, it's like, if the least I have to do is just be a high performer at school or like personal work or whatever, like, so be it. Like it's a lot easier and I'm afforded that opportunity. So me personally, that's like my North star, but I feel like everyone has one, whether it be your family, friends, um, something that you read once, a mentor that you don't know, a book that you picked up, like just find that North star and then get yeah, behind it. That's well said. Um, on that note too, it's interesting, um, especially like with, with this and thinking about, you know, Indian parents specifically. And, and I think all Indian first generations have that mentality, like, hey, we need to be the fucking best student in every class. We need to make our parents proud. We need to go earn some money to help them out. Yeah. We need to do all of that. Um, and then I think, and, and maybe this is just me. And I think as I was on that journey, especially in college, like I, I kind of closed myself off to some of these more, you know, different side of the brain activities and, and thoughts where you know, there's a lot of value there, one, for myself to gain, and two, that I can give perspectives to other people, and, and I think that's what life after graduation, you, you know, gaining perspective, interacting with people who are not, you know, like you, or don't look like you, or different backgrounds helps, um, and I think, you know, one thing I want listeners to take away is, like, hey, you, it's good to be on that journey, you have a lot of goals, achieve those fucking goals, but also think about the other people, and think about, you know, what other things you could be doing to broaden yourself, because sometimes you have to be selfish, and yeah, totally and you have to like broaden your scope which i think you definitely have with the newsletter and, and the creative writing pieces and especially the variety of your creating right creative writing like blog posts or long form posts it's not just one topic like climate change i mean it's talking about i mean i remember the crime one you wrote uh, obviously yeah, there's yeah. some sports sports related 
Totally. Yeah. And I think just the one other thing I'd harp on that is like Tim Ferriss's quote where it's like maximize behaviors that have like minimal negative consequence. And that's like a total, like, it's like, you know, read more, write more, like what, like there's no consequence of that. Like you only better yourself. So just pick behaviors that like have, you know, a lot of upside and like very little downside, like, you know, working out, drinking water, like things that are just no brainers. Right. Where it's just like, all right, like this can only benefit me. Yeah. Love drinking water. Big, big yeah. water guy. <laughs> huge, huge. Um, this, I, I know we didn't really talk about this or, or it wasn't in the outline, but I'm just curious like what your day is. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I mean, so I've really been, I'm big on like flow state and like setting up your environment to make sure that you're like at optimal performance and stuff. So I do sacrifice some things like relationships and, you know, probably should be a little bit better checking in on people at times. But I think like my day is, so I wake up usually like 6.30. I, our work day starts at like 7.30, firm-wide call. So usually you usually need to wake up and just make sure you didn't miss anything news-wise on any of like our positions. Um, mm. But then from 7.30, pretty much till 5.36 uh, on average, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, it'll just be like work. And then at, throughout work day, like I'll, I'll intertwine and reading. So like during my lunch break, I read. Yeah. Usually in the morning, like for, I have a weird little like tradition, like the first like 30, 45 minutes at work, usually because it's unless I have something quick to turn, I will just read the news and like my different newsletters and stuff. Like I, I just like enjoying that. It gets me going, gets my brain fired up, warms up and all that stuff. Um, so I, 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 love, I love how you say quick to turn. Quick yeah. to turn something. Oh, that's yeah. a finance yeah. term. Make it yeah, fun yeah, of me. Yeah, I know. I, I'm pretty bad too. Honestly, I was just so hypocritical. <laughs> I just take any chance I can to bash anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. But then I'm, I'm pretty much after work. I, I work out right after work. And then uh, to your point, actually, during the week, I, I am pretty robotic. So I, I try not to watch any TV. I mean, so with sports around, like NBA's on, I'm watching the NBA playoffs. But other than that, like, I don't watch. I don't Netflix much. I don't do anything. I usually, like, after work, we'll do some, like, personal reading. And, like, if I'm writing a piece, I'll work on a piece for a few hours. And then usually before bed, I, like, plug my phone in a different room and then spend the last few hours of the night, like, or, like, an hour or two, you know, reading a book, like a physical book. And I usually just pass out after that. So, um, there's a lot in between and stuff like, like during work I try not to look at my phone I turn on do not disturb and try to keep it in a different room and all that stuff but it's all just about yeah I like during the week I try to be as productive as possible so on the weekends I can do things without any like you know guilt yeah no that that makes sense which um, I feel like you're pretty similar <laughs> yeah I, I think I think I was um, and I still am in certain parts definitely robotic in the mornings um, have a routine and and that but I think in the evenings is where I kind of Hey, we're fucking watching some TV or, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. but that's, that's how I mentally like get away from the day, the, the work day and yeah. think about stuff, whether I'm a big movie TV junkie. So mm. it's not healthy, but I'll definitely watch it uh, or watch like a scrubs is what I watch before I go to sleep ah, or, nice. or certain shows like that. Um, but the mornings it's, it's, you know, get up, I try to work out, you know, you know me, let's see if that yeah. ever ha happens every <laughs> now and then. Um, but definitely like, you know, Bloom lately I've got on this Bloomberg TV, have that going in the background. There you go. Certain stuff I like. I mean, there's the newsletters, the, the stuff that I like to read in the morning and get it going. On the relationship, relationship, uh, on the relationship front, one piece of advice, one of my good girlfriends gave me when Pooja and I first started dating when I was a first year analyst and she was still in college. Um, Cause it, it's like hard to maintain and like checking in and stuff. Yeah. She just said, very simple every day good morning and a good evening or good night text every ah, every like day yeah. so for the last four and a half years that's what i've been doing it's going well wow very well simple done. yeah uh very good girlfriend of mine who's actually pregnant right now so hats off to her congrats her husband 
Um, and so she, she told me that and I followed it through. And so that's my, that's the only thing for the listeners, if anyone is newly in a relationship um, or in a high stress job or works late night shifts and things like that. Totally. Yeah. I think it's like setting expectations too. Like, I mean, like my yeah. girlfriend's very understanding of busy schedules and she, she does it too, right? You know, she's in the zone. She's like, don't bother me. I'm like, all right, cool. It's like, as long as you have that mutual understanding, it's, uh, yeah. it's all good. It's, yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, before we shift away on, on the topic of writing, just coming back, what, out of curiosity, what has been your um, most favorite piece to write or what you've enjoyed the most writing? Interesting. Um, I'd have to narrow it down to like two. So one, I mean, we talked about it earlier, but I was a huge Kobe Bryant fan growing up. So like when he's, his passing was a pretty personal thing for me. Um, it's weird because I mean, like I've never met the guy, obviously, but um, I mean, there's something to be said about having mentors that you haven't met that have yeah. had a profound impact in your life. So that one was probably my easiest piece to write because it was just like, I already knew all that in the back, in the back of my hand. It was just like, it flowed. Like I did it all watching his last game replay. And like, it was just, it like worked really well. I sent it out. People were like, this is awesome. Uh, yeah, so- I love that. And, and I think, and it's funny, we, we've gotten whatever 30 some minutes without, you know, saying the phrase mama mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I think you definitely live by it. I try to live by it. And, and a lot of people, especially post his passing have, have adopted that and, and, moving forward, you know, whatever their personal and professional goals are. And I thought your piece was great and, and it, it, from the heart and, and it, it is sad just thinking about it. I should have wore my uh, eight-year-old, like number eight jersey. <laughs> yellow. I saw mine too. I yeah. was white. That's funny. Man. Um, no, I, I'm more interested. I mean, like one of the ones, other ones I had a lot of fun writing was like my first one, which was like uh, rappers are walking business models. Yep. I, I tried to carve out a niche, which I would recommend to most folks. And if you want to be interesting, pick, two verticals that you know a lot about that usually aren't talked about in the same lens. So for me, it's like, I'm a hip hop nerd and I obviously am a business nerd. So I was just like, how do I mix these two? And so that piece yeah. is really cool. Cause like, I mean, like I just dork out over music anyway and like being able to rip through all these songs as I was writing it and researching all this stuff. I was like, all right, I don't mind doing this cause it's like fun for me. Yeah. And how perspective and how decisions, individual decisions impact, you know, broad societal decisions. And, totally. and how you should be thinking about it. Uh, so I thought it was pretty, I thought that was, it seemed like that would was something hard to write. So just curious, because there's a lot of external factors. That's probably the word, phrase I'm going to use dealing with it. And you want to be able to come off, uh, you know, sound and intelligent, but also not offending anyone. So that, that was a piece where it touched on some different societal issues. And, you know, I guess I mean, people politicize everything. It had nothing to do with politics, but people have made no. it about politics, right? Yeah. So it was nerve wracking because I was like, is this going to be judge weird? Like, are people at work going to see this, et cetera? Um, but ultimately, it just goes back to, I feel like, you know, that Munger quote. Like, if, if I felt that I felt, you know, presented both sides extremely well, um, and I'm taking pretty neutral viewpoints and then just like, identi- identifying what is my own, like, take on it, yeah. uh, I think it's fine. So, like, in that piece that you're referencing, you know, I cite different coronavirus statistics and, you know, the death comparisons. And then on the racial side, I cite three different papers on, right. uh, you know, police interactions with uh, African-American males. Uh, and then I presented both sides of the argument, I think. And, you know, ultimately the takeaway had nothing to do with the actual making an argument on either of those topics. It was just, let's take a step back. There's a reason these are such conflicted, like nuanced issues. Let's just appreciate people with their opinions on this stuff. And that you know, we're all trying to get to a s- solution here. But I think we as a society, especially in America, have like lost that ability just to empathize with someone else if it's not impacting your own life. I think you're seeing it play out right now uh, with yeah. the election coming up. But I feel like if everyone just took a step back, it's like, all right, yo, at the end of the day, let's just get back to the common ground here. Yeah, it's, it is unbelievable to think about, 
like Americans don't empathize unless it's affecting you directly and, and the pandemic and the racial, you know, injustice has definitely, you know, brought that to light. It, it's unfortunate too, because it, it always makes me think like all this stuff was in people's brains. People had these thoughts. It's just like these big events that brought it out. And so like, think about all the small things that happened that just didn't, didn't become known uh, in the last like 50 years. And it, and it's like the, it's like the domino, it's a domino effect, right? Yeah, totally. And, and this could be another call to action on like share more, write more, create more. It's like yeah. people can't know that feeling or that shared connection unless you like present it to them. Right. And I'm sure your immediate friends and family all do because they, they know you, they've experienced it with you or they've right. heard you talk about it. Uh, but I mean like that stuff helps, right? Like, like you sharing your experiences or your worldview will might fundamentally change someone else's. So, yeah. you know, I think there's, Again, there's within reason, like do it respectfully and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I think the world sure. can do actually a lot of bright folks like yourself. You know, the world would be better off if you're sharing your thoughts out in the open for others to digest and you know react to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that is a big takeaway. I think I've gained in the last year, year and a half, especially sharing, writing, creating. Because um, I think if folks who knew me in college and in high school, it's like those are three things that I just like. My brain didn't operate like that. And now it, it is operating and there's so much value there. Um, like I was, you know, reading and listening to one of my good friends is like, she has this blog she started and talking about why are transitions hard? Like that was the question. Yeah. Like unpacking that. And even a simple like college to workforce or home to something or moving cities. And it was just interesting. Like something I never really thought about and like didn't have an opinion or perspective on. Um, but it, it's just like things like that where you're getting value from other people creating and sharing. Um, yeah, similar to 100%. people reading your stuff. Um, 100%. But, but I will say, if the argument is Michael Jordan or LeBron, you're just damn wrong. So. Oh, no. That's, I love we, we can do it. It'll be another episode, but let's, no, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got all my stats going. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I'll have to do some more prep. I don't, have the, I don't have the memory like that. Quickly, two topics I want to um, preview, because obviously you're going to come back on the, on the podcast. Um, people love you and your 600 subscribers, they're going to be listening as, as when I release this. And I want to have a deep dive with you on climate change. You're probably one of like two or three folks that I know who know this topic subject very well and is passionate about it and written about it as well. Um, so I want to do a deep dive on that. What are like two or three takeaways high level on the topic for someone who, like obviously people know climate change, but like yeah. someone who doesn't know kind of the interworkings a little bit, or like why it is such a big thing. And on those takeaways, why folks should invest time into learning more about it, um, whether it's professionally or personally. Um, it could be one to two takeaways too, if, if they can all blend together. Yeah, totally. I'd say, all right, so that's a good question. I'd say one, um, so hypothetically, if we assume that we stop all carbon emissions tomorrow, we've already put so much in the atmosphere that we will have runaway warming regardless. Um, so every long estimate that we have is people assuming that we're taking carbon out of the air and going to zero, like very quickly, which are both very unrealistic when you look at the numbers. Um, so I think if I could give the gravity of the situation, it would just be that fact. Cause a lot of people don't realize that they're like, Oh, we'll eventually get the net zero or whatever else. Like, we're supposed to be there yesterday. And yeah, then also have to, we also have to figure out how to pull it out of the sky, which we haven't done yet. So, that's one. And then two, the thing that I would really stress, which, and this goes back to empathy, uh, but is that climate change isn't scary because, I mean, yes, you may not be impacted in Chicago, in America, in a very wealthy, developed nation, 
but the force multipliers of what it causes to the rest of society do make it very scary. So think about forced migration, think about uninhabitable parts of the earth. Um, there are really downstream ramifications for that. So we're talking about resource scarcity, we're talking forced migration, a lot of refugees, we're talking about um, having to change your agriculture, trade impacted, et cetera. Um, so it, that starts to get a little daunting there. And like, that's what really set me off wasn't like necessarily like, you know, we'll figure out a way that like, the human spirit's strong and, you know, it is daunting sometimes, but like, there are a lot of other issues that it creates that what we, you know, the second, third order effects that we should start to con concern about. Cause maybe yes, like the warming won't impact you. Maybe your yield will be fine. Maybe food security will be good for you, but that happening around the globe elsewhere with how many people we have on this planet will definitely impact you somehow. So it will impact yeah. you. So I think those are the two that I would say. Yeah, I think the second point really is what has gotten me into more in, more into this. People like argue and you know get into all these debates about immigration right now, and yeah. it's like this is nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Think about when people are forced to move, and think about refugees. Then we're closing our borders off now unnecessarily to folks and and like wars and you know and and poverty and things like that. Now think about when they actually can't even be in a refugee camp because you just can't live there. A hundred percent. It's, it's a really scary thought. You're like, yeah. uh, how do we start to even deal with this? Um, and I mean, it's already happening. Like people yeah. like don't pick out like Bangladesh. It's like no, it's millions of folks were displaced recently. And it's like, all right, like you're going to start to see these impact in the next 10, 20 years, you know, like it's going to be you, in our lifetime. You bring up a good point about Jakarta. Um, it's like when you think of, Hey, a city going underwater, you think of um, Venice yep. and, like, yep. and everyone talks about that. And like, oh, this is going to happen in 50 years. But people don't realize like, hey, there's cities going underwater right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. and people are forced to move, you know, capitals, move cities, move infrastructure to support the residents because, you know, the earth water levels are rising, rising significantly. And, and it goes back to like how you, where you get your news from, how you, what you read. It's like people don't, you don't go out of your way to read what's going on in Southeast Asia, right? Yeah, just, 100%. And, and if you're living in Chicago, you just don't. Totally. Um, Totally. But you, you care about Venice because you're like, oh, I went there, you know, and I studied abroad. Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, I want to go there in a gondola. It's, it's just different how human nature works. It's funny. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I'm excited for this climate change episode. Um, we'll have to get on, on the books. Post-election, post all the chaos and noise. <laughs> we'll, 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 get, we'll have a winner. We'll, have, we'll see the, the House and Senate, which side, which party it is. And then we can talk more and, and be more well-informed of what the future action is, if any. Uh, totally. 100%. Um, and then lastly, and I'm glad we, I'm glad we didn't talk about this earlier. So I'm not the biggest music guy. There's so much out there. And like every day there's like a mixtape dropping and it's like, and I love that about your podcast at the end. I love waiting to get to the bottom where you're like the new music. And then you also have your own playlist too, that you share, yep. um, which is really great. And so one out of curiosity, like when did baby Chanu like age two, like, when did you get into music? And three, like, how how is music like shaped who you are? Because I think there's so much, it's intertwined for folks that know you. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, like, music is definitely like if I have to identify myself, you know, it'd be like one of my top three things. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just like growing up. Um, I mean, I'm sure you know, I'm, like, feel like you're always pretty restricted as like a as a child of an Indian parent. So you're, like, <laughs> there's much to do. So like, I got super into like sports and like music. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's always just been a super part of me. Like <laughs> I was that, I was that weird high school dude that like. Like, you know, like it is if you text me something, like the first response would be like, Oh, I heard this like a week ago. Like I was like that annoying kid. Like yeah. uh, and I was like I was on fucking music blogs like nonstop, like, you know, digital drift, hot new hip hop, that like always just trying to get the new thing. Um and then it's like never left. I mean it's definitely gotten 
less so. Like I think in high school, I definitely like that was a few hours a week. Like I was yeah. checking stuff out. Now like it's helped with Spotify and Apple Music and stuff. They like build stuff for you. Um, I'd say like Instagram, I follow a bunch of like, rap Instagram accounts and they're actually like really helpful. Like I, every, I know that something, as soon as something drops, cause they'll post about it or like every Thursday night they post like, Friday, like new, like new releases. Um, so I always Got just like it. double check against those. And like, I mean, I just listen to so much music. Like the story I always tell is like one year I thought like, Spotify was doing that, like your top most listened or whatever, or the top listen of the decade or something like something like that. I forgot what it was. The metric was, but basically like someone had their annual number for the entire year for all artists was like 40 something hours. My number one for that year was future and it was 44 hours. So I listened to one artist more than they did the entire year. Like I just listened to music like nonstop the other day when I'm working out. Um, I'll just jam out like in my apartment. Like I literally just throw the speaker on. Just, like, I, I don't know. I just love it. So that's uh, awesome. I love that. <laughs> definitely a huge part of me. I, I love that. You want to know another psycho thing. I feel like this podcast is just like getting into my weird habits. I start. <laughs> running in the mornings with no music Damn. no nothing just me and the birds chirping no way yeah what do you think about i sometimes i just don't even think um and, just, and wow. part of like some ideas for this come up there too but it, it happened in in quarantine I, my headphones broke my wireless headphones broke it's like 15 bucks from amazon um and so i had to go on a run and, and then i ran in the morning in lincoln park where i used to live uh, right off the water and the zoo and it was like perfect it was beautiful there weren't that many people and you could hear nature so ever since then i just started doing it psycho psychotic move for sure that isn't actually yeah i don't think you're a sociopath like i've never yeah. seen that my brother was like dude that's what serial killers do 100%. and i'm like i'm like well i'm not that I told me i was like i guess yeah relax <laughs> so our question then for, for all the non-runners uh, and just i myself do not run I guess like, what do you do when you're in like mile two and a half and you're clearly tired, your body's hurting, let's say call it Friday, so you've run the entire week and you just hear yourself panting. Like you, you're telling like, that's just, that sounds miserable to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the biggest runner, let's be honest here, but to, I want to get miles through, a day is pretty good. Yeah. I try to really get to good. the 5k mark. I just yeah. keep thinking like, oh, block after block. I'm like, all right, let me get to that light. Let me get to uh, that light. We'll keep going. Or I get, I think about something that like really annoys me. And then I just like, then the next thing you know, I'm just thinking about it. And so like something frustrating with work happened or like something politics related, which I'm interested in or something. And then I'm just like thinking about it. And now recently I'm just doing like the Senate race, the map, like the, like <laughs> what, what, what it could be. And, and I'm just doing that math in my head Yeah. or like the electoral college math. And the next thing you know, it's like, ah, oh, there's a half mile right there. And then think about something else. Uh, the nice. first, like, it's always when you start, it's like, you don't really think about it. It's like, nice. You're out there. Um, yep. I think about my day, like what I'm doing. Um, like Saturdays, I'll read your newsletter actually. And especially when I live in Chicago and I have more of a routine, then I'll like, I'll have your, have the thoughts and then I'll go out and think about it. And like, some, sometimes that gets boring and you're just like, it's kind of nice not thinking. Nothing yeah. in your brain. Totally. Um, anyway. That's awesome. That's good, man. That's a sick habit. That's a positive habit. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're habits. That's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up, I'll put this all in your bio, but let's just, you want to list out how do people follow you? How do they sign up for the newsletter, uh, your blog posts, et cetera? Yeah, totally. Uh, so if you subscribe to my newsletter, you can get most of my writing and the weekly newsletter. So that's at thebalancednewsletter.com. Um, and if there's a subscribe link on the bottom of the homepage, as well as if you click on the top right the newsletter, you can see all the old editions and see if it's your alley, up your alley, and then click subscribe on any one of those. If you want to follow them in day to day, I'm pretty active on Twitter. I will warn you like 80% of the content there is climate related just because that's <laughs> what I program it to be. So 
uh, if you want someone that's shouting about climate science and solar uh, economics, like go, go for that, but it's not everyone's boat. Um, but that's also somewhere else you can follow me. Uh, but generally, yeah, those are the, those are the easiest avenues to get in touch with me or see what I'm about. Um, but yeah, always, always just, uh, I'm always available on email or Twitter or whatever else have you. Love that. Love that. And if there's anything we've taken away, people come to platforms for with people they trust or they want more value. So if anyone made the decision to come listen to me in this podcast, uh, take my word for it. You want to follow Shanu. You want to sign up for the newsletter. Uh, It's definitely very beneficial for your life. Appreciate Uh, that. Yeah, no, no problem. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, I hope you're like getting, getting pretty drunk at the end of this. (laughs) I definitely (laughs) am. I have to do a little bit of work after we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Wrap up a couple questions. Yeah. Curious. What's your favorite song or artist of this year thus far has been. Okay. I I think, so this one, I have to go little baby uh, is is an artist. So I think he definitely got, he blew up this year. Like at least on the chart wise, like his album's the only one to go double platinum, I think. But or at least from a rap perspective, but he's just someone that I feel like I bring up in normal conversation. People are like, I have no idea who that is or I don't know any songs. And like, he is extremely talented, like true storytelling rap. Um, and yeah. then he's got your, your classic hype stuff you can throw on a party as well. Is, is Lil but, Baby this guy? Uh, that's Dub Baby. That's Dub uh, Baby. Dub yeah. Baby, ah. Uh. Yeah, it's a different baby, but uh, yeah. no, I, he's <laughs> awesome. Seen him twice. <laughs> I highly recommend uh, that. He's just, he's, he's phenomenal. Good, good to know. And, and then I guess kind of, out of curiosity like what is one artist maybe it is little baby that someone should be on the lookout for or um they just it's not you know they haven't been been known yeah i would say so j cole dropped an album this year it's a really cool project it was called dreamville um nice. or i forget uh or no revenge of the dreamers sorry revenge of the dreamers 2 and it was a two-part album what he did was he locked himself in atlanta in a studio with like Shit. like a bunch of 20 different rappers from all over like local rappers that aren't that famous uh and they just recorded music for two weeks straight and then they made this like double album they didn't get super famous just because it's not like party music but it yeah. is phenomenal rap and a lot of these guys now are releasing their own songs and i think like i saw something that like 30 people got their first charting single off that album like wow. it, no so like, i would there's a lot of guys on there that i would recommend people check out like they're talented like earth gang is on there yeah. idk um you know guys that are starting to create their own careers and it's like it's a really cool project got it okay no that's interesting um do, do you follow uh like indian rap like punjabi rap like that's like not that's like a new thing that's that's like skyrocketing right now a lot of the rappers are actually from toronto uh, no way you guys you gotta send me some of that i love yeah. rap. no i will I, I definitely will and and there's there's a really cool song called sketchers uh, i'll send this to you um okay i'm hype i'm so yeah. hyped uh, that one's not, not that one's not as rappy. It's just kind of like a funny song, but it's like this old, you know, big Indian uncle talk rapping about Skechers. Um, <laughs> Let's go! I so love there's, it. There's a lot of like remixes, like rap, actual rappers have done with them. But anyway, I'll send you the Punjabi stuff too, because uh, it is it is pretty popular. Um, okay, cool. I'm I'm in. Yeah, uh, and then I've asked all the guests, so this is kind of cool because I'm able to hear everyone's bold predictions. Curious what yours are. Uh, for the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah, I think we'll get some type of infrastructure bill passed in the, in the next 12 to 18 months that is climate oriented. I'll say that. So it won't necessarily be a Green New Deal. Not that I think that that's a the policy that needs to be passed. Um, but I think, you know, infra bill has been talked about since 2016, since 2000, if you will, like some big yeah, infra bill. But American infrastructure is deteriorating. And I think that 
both sides of the aisle come together and get that done uh, within the next 18 months is my hopeful, bold prediction. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, it's kind of funny now, now that I think about it, I actually didn't really think about today's bold prediction for this episode. Um, kind of tough, like each episode, each week, got to have come up with another bold yeah, prediction. Yeah, that's, that's really hard. I mean, yeah. So I don't know, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a cop out here. And I think Illinois football wins uh, six football games. I went through the I went through the schedule and I saw like two games tops that I thought we were gonna win. So, yeah, so that is bold. You, you must have read the wrong wrong schedule. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I plug other I wrote a piece on like the world post COVID, like that I would plug that piece. I like had a bunch. I can't even yeah. recall them right now, but I mean some of them are already happening. Like it was like drones, drone based businesses become a real thing. Malls turn into hybrid warehouses, which Amazon's already looking at buying a bunch of old mall properties. Like for sure. So. Some of those in there. I, I, I deferred back to Chanu two months ago. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, that's good. That's good. I should actually read that. I don't think I read that. Should, I should just do bold predictions on my life. Like, bold <laughs> prediction, I'm not in finance 12 months from now. We'll oh, see what happens. that's a good one. You should, you, this is why you should tweet. Just need bold, the hot takes all day long. <laughs> the Stephen A. hot takes. This is why I, I started this for, like, hot takes. I historically have been known to have hot takes and just like to get into arguments. But as <laughs> I'm doing this, it's like, all right, let me be a little bit more, like, let me actually provide value for listeners instead of just <laughs> listening to me ramble on while I'm drinking beers. That's fair. But you should also let that side out of you too. I mean, I'm sure people are listening for the hot takes also. Yeah, it'll, it'll be coming. Anyway, well, no, man, this is a great conversation. I, yeah, I man, I appreciate you. Thanks for yeah. having me on. No problem. It's good seeing your face. Uh, well, let's see, see you soon when I get back to Chicago. Yeah, I can't wait to be back on after you have like, you know, a million followers and all that. But <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks for having me on. If I'm a million, you have a million six hundred then. <laughs> we'll see. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, and until next week. Yeah. yeah, meet you at the bottom.